What's up, friends? It's E, and welcome to a new episode of Midweek Rise Up. I pray that you're seeing God move and work in your life as you give gratitude and praise for the day that you're in. In this episode, we're going to talk about something a little different, a little spicy. We're going to talk about conspiracy theories. Yep, you heard me right. And this is a loaded episode, so let's absolutely take a deep breath and unpack the word for this week together as we jump into the good news. The word for this week is conspiracy. Is Bill Gates trying to take over the world? Was 9-11 planned? Is the coronavirus a bioweapon? Will a COVID-19 vaccine be the mark of the beast? Do masks even work? Did Epstein kill himself? Is the world really flat? Was the moon landing a hoax? Do I have your adrenaline going yet? Because even just reading those questions, mine is flowing. But conspiracies, they're as old as time. And the funny thing about it is that there's always one, even if it's the slightest, where you're like, huh, you know, that might be true. It might not be true, but I could see how it could be true. And you just move on. But do you? And I have to say, there are some that are quite compelling, but in today's political climate and discord, I feel like they're everywhere, and online platforms have turned into basically an echo chamber for them. And it's almost like I'm watching a technicolor, the law of physics play out, where for every conspiracy, there is an equal and opposite conspiracy. So then you go down this total rabbit hole of YouTube videos, blog sites, Instagram accounts, Twitter feeds, scrolling as your brain is just flooded with emotions and you're absorbing all of this information. And then before you know it, it's three hours that have totally gone by that you'll never get back again. And half of your to-do list is still waiting for you. It's still there. But I want to make a note here, though, on semantics. There is a big difference between conspiracies and cover-ups. Cover-ups are a whole different ballgame of real and immense evil that is carried out through plotting and conspiring. And if that's the case, 100% Christians should rise up, link arms, and expose the evil that was done. And if it continues to be done to fight against that injustice, totally different. But what does the Bible say about conspiracy theories? Are we as Christians supposed to partake in them? Are we supposed to push the narrative without even doing research on our own to be able to back up the claims while we subconsciously copy and paste links and then blast them out to our Rolodex? Do I believe that the world we live in is perfect and the government is perfect and the various industries are perfect? No, absolutely not. It's the furthest thing from it. Is there evil in this world? Absolutely. And scripture even warns us of that. There's like over 80 verses in the Bible that reference the types of evil that prowls around us in this crazy world that we live in. Every industry is flooded with sin. There is not one perfect industry or worldly construct out there. Why? Because we, the builders of it, are sinners. So no, this episode is not about putting your head in the sand and not educating yourself on what's going on. This episode is to address how substituting conspiracies for truth, conspiracies, not cover-ups, substituting conspiracies for truth might actually negatively impact your influence as a leader on those around you rather than enhance it. And in Isaiah chapter 8 verses 12 through 13, it says, do not call conspiracy everything that these people call conspiracy. Do not fear what they fear and do not dread it. The Lord Almighty is the one you are to regard as holy. He is the one you are to fear. He is the one you are to dread. And there's a lot to unpack in those two verses. But simply put, yes, there's a temptation to blame what's happening in our world today on conspiracy. But we are told to avoid that. 
And in the King James Version, instead of conspiracy, it says confederacy, which is interesting because if you look this up in Strong's Concordance as well as Vine's Expository Dictionary, it talks about how the weight of this word is similar to that of a binding and being leagued by oath, which further denotes a covenant. And if you don't know or understand the weight of the word covenant, I highly suggest after this episode you do some research. But bottom line, do you have a covenant with this league? the Confederacy, the Conspiracy League, or a covenant with God. And one of my favorite commentators wrote this about the verse. It concerns us in time of trouble to watch against all such fears as put us upon crooked courses for our own security. The believing fear of God preserves against the disquieting fear of man. And if we thought rightly of the greatness and glory of God, we should see all the power of our enemies restrained. The Lord, who will be a sanctuary to those who rest in him, will be a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense to those who make the creature their fear and their hope. If the things of God be an offense to us, they will undo us. Those that shut their eyes against the light of God's word will justly be left to darkness. All the miseries that were ever felt or witnessed on earth are as nothing compared with what will overwhelm those who leave the words of Christ to follow delusions. As modern-day Christians running alongside the narratives of this world, when you hear or read or are subjected to things that are, quote-unquote, conspiracy, test it. Because in Scripture, it tells us to test all things, not some, not just the ones we don't like, not just the ones that we do like, all things, and hold on to what is good. And with that, totally analyze if there is fruit that is coming from those ideas, which goes back to Matthew chapter 7, verses 16 through 20. So with that said, let's do a quick heart check as we press pause on the whirlwind of conspiracies that are around us. First and foremost, what voice are you listening to? Let's go all the way back to Genesis 3, the fall. Yes, the apple, the tree, the temptation, all of it. The infamous dialogue between Eve and the serpent in the garden. God told Eve, you can eat from any tree in the garden, but not from the tree in the middle of the garden or you will die. It's a total SparkNotes version, but you get what I'm saying. And in response to that, the serpent says, you will certainly not die. Instead, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And what does she do? She eats the apple. We know the story. And then as you continue reading up until about verse 11, God says, who told you you were naked? Who told you? There's four different voices in that story. There's Adam's voice, there's Eve's voice, there's the serpent's voice, and there's God's voice. Who told you that you were naked? And I get it. There is a total temptation to want to go down the dark web and conspiracy theory message boards. And if that's the medium you choose in order to get your news, more power to you. But if you don't and choose to get your news and current event information from a different news and alternative source, that doesn't make you unenlightened. We only have 24 hours in every day. That's it. There's no rollover minutes when it comes to life. And that time is so precious. So is what you're watching, what you're reading, filling your free time with, is it bringing you closer to Christ or is it pulling you further away from him? Is it molding you into becoming more Christ-like or not? And are you allowing someone else to interpret your world for you? And you might say, yeah, but E, knowledge is power, isn't it? Or is doing what God commands from us the actual power? Look, the world around us is real. It is very real, and we will learn from it, 
and we have learned from it, with every bit of the hard knocks of life laced throughout. But what voice are you listening to as you journey through life? Of course, there are news commentators and the opinion writers. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about what voice are you listening to that is going to reinforce your steps every single morning when you open your eyes throughout your day and then when you go back to bed? What voice is influencing your actions? What voice is influencing your way of life, the way you treat others? What we absorb seeps out of us, whether we're aware of it or not. So remember, whatever you read, whatever you listen to, whatever you immerse your mind in, you can't just temporarily lean into it and then trick yourself into thinking you can just walk away from it. Don't bite the apple. Guard your heart and your mind and your spirit. Second, is this wisdom or is it gossip? What do you expect? We're humans. With the internet at our fingertips and with being on pandemic house arrest, we're taking the edge off of our cabin fever by being online longer, being plugged into the digital world rather than having the ability to indulge in the real world due to the fact that, well, let's be honest here, basically everything is canceled. 2020 has been canceled in case you missed it. But what you're reading and sharing with others, is it wisdom or is it gossip? Because God calls us to be wise. He doesn't call us to be gossipers. He calls us to be wise. And two of the many verses in scripture that express this notion are James chapter 1 verse 5 and Proverbs chapter 2 verse 6. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. And then also, for the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. We as Christians are so big on truth. And I put that in quotes, air quotes. You can't see me doing it, but I'm doing it. Because we throw that word around like cheap confetti out of a pinata. But sharing conspiracies as truth completely goes against Matthew chapter 10, verse 16, where Christ says to his disciples, Behold, I am sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves, so be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. There is no wisdom to be found in convoluted truths or even half-truths, which are technically half-lies. And as Christians, we are to hold the standard for truth. Words are powerful. They can build up and they can tear down. And the same mouth that you're using to share conspiracies is the same mouth that's proclaiming the gospel. The same mouth that slanders another person is the same mouth that preaches. We must love our neighbors. And if it stings a little, it should, because this type of hypocritical behavior is damaging to our ability as Christians to witness to others when the other person is able to dig up the facts and then throw in a pinch of common sense. Think of it this way. How many times have you heard a story from a friend that is so overblown and so over the top and they've done it multiple times? And then by the time when they say, I'm telling you the truth, in the back of your head, you're like, eh? Yeah, I mean, I believe you, but not really because you tend to blow things out of proportion and have a tendency to embellish stories. So I kind of believe you, but not really. Don't let that be with you. If and when someone sends you something, check the source. Is it from a reputable site? Who wrote it? Is it an aspiring journalist that is trying to get their name out there so they create clickbait storylines, jumping on the latest bandwagon that shifts political narratives just to get their name out there? Or is it a reputable journalist? Did it come from someone who actually witnessed it or a direct friend or someone who has no expertise in the topic at all? In Proverbs chapter 14, verse 15, Solomon says, the simple believe anything, but the prudent give thought to their steps. This is lived out so clearly in the book of Acts chapter 17, verse 11, where Paul was preaching to the people of Berea. 
They had very noble character. And when they listened to Paul's message, they didn't take it for face value. Were they eager over it? Yes. But then they went home and compared what Paul said with what scripture said. So don't base everything you know off of one Facebook post or Instagram video or TikTok video or message board. Do your research and maybe read some history. It might not always repeat itself, but it sure does rhyme. So don't spread gossip and waste your credibility. Share wisdom. And third, are you overdosing on fear and riding its high? I hate scary movies. I mean, if there was a stronger word than hate, I would use it for this exact moment. My imagination runs wild with scary movies. And it's never when I can see the person walking upside down with their head crooked on the wall. That, that doesn't scare me because I'm like, okay, there's cable cords that are obviously holding them. And I just break it apart from there. What scares me is what I can't see. And when the music just starts going, my adrenaline is going, then all of a sudden I'm having these heart palpitations because obviously something bad is about to happen, but I can't see it. And scary movies in general aren't healthy for you for a multitude of spiritual reasons, but I or you, if you're indulging in this genre of film, have temporarily put yourself in a position where fear literally takes over your reasoning, even though you know what you're watching isn't really true and you can turn it off at any time. You either still continue to watch it, but you know exactly what you're doing. You have the control to turn it off. And you also have the control of the amount of fear that you're exposing yourself to. And I even know some people who absolutely love scary movies. They love them. They live for them. And that type of indulgence creates lust, right? So when you're reading these conspiracy theories and you start going for more and more and more to quench your thirst on it, is that not also creating a form of lust? The devil's favorite weapon is confusion. So when you notice that the fear is rising up within you, put it on pause and just unpack this with me and carry this with you. Does Jesus tell us in scripture to be concerned with hidden agendas? No. Okay. So then what does Jesus say? Jesus says in Matthew chapter 24, Matthew chapter 25 and 26, he says, watch. Everything that Jesus did, whether that was events or signs, they were visible. There were no conjectures. So don't fall prey to rumors. It's clearly written in Matthew chapter 24, verse 6. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. So if I can give you some form of comfort here, listen to what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 10, verse 26. So do not be afraid of them. There is nothing concealed that will not be disclosed or hidden that will not be made known. That's a command. Do not be afraid. And ask yourself, is this worth listening to? Is this worth the 10 minutes of my time? Is this worth the 10 minutes of my time I won't get back today or tomorrow or ever again? Is this worth reading? Because ultimately what conspiracies are brewing within you is nothing more than fear. And no wonder why in the Bible it says, do not fear 365 times. So in closing, Hold Colossians chapter 2, verse 8 close to your heart. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. Do I have all the answers to why the world is the way it is? No, and I probably never will, and I am totally okay with that. But having a relationship with the one who does is way more important. Stay focused on what is true, what is noble, what is right. Stay focused on what is pure, what is lovely, what is admirable. Stay focused on what is excellent and what is praiseworthy. 
focus on those things. And the most beautiful and powerful thing about all of this is that we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel. And since we've been given this trust, it is required to prove faithful. We are to examine our ways and test them constantly. So guard the truth that has been entrusted to you because you, myself, we are ambassadors for Christ. Let's act like it. You are loved, my friend. Go rise up. Thanks for joining us today. I hope that these words encouraged and challenged you and postured your heart for the rest of the week ahead. If you have a minute, go to the subscribe and review section of this podcast. Leave us a word or a Bible verse that you've been carrying in your heart throughout the week that keeps you encouraged and motivated. I really just want to make this podcast review space almost like an added bookmark for that simple reminder that we're all in this together and that God's got this. Feel free to share this episode with your friends, family, or on social media. And in the review section, let us know how we can be praying for you. Also, for more information on Proclaim and Lead Ministry, our Bible and 365, as well as the Falkirk Center, please click the links below. We're so grateful to have you join us right here every Wednesday on Midweek Rise Up.